Welcome to the Kimmy Travels Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Walter. I am an expert expat and a slow traveler who spent nearly 15 years abroad. Join me as I talk about a variety of topics surrounding all things travel, living abroad, and social issues. Pull up a seat as I share some of my most exciting stories and experiences. You'll also hear from my fellow Globetrotters, and you'll get my take on what's going on in the world. Welcome back, everybody, to the Kimmy Travels podcast. Today, we have another spectacular guest, Alondo Brewington, who is originally from Atlanta, but he's coming to us today from Mexico City. Alondo, how are you? Doing great, Kimberly. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited to talk. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a software developer by trade, and I've been traveling around the world for the past uh, almost six years. And in that time, I visited or lived in about 31 countries. Mm -hmm. And I decided at one point that this was the lifestyle that I wanted. Wow, that's amazing. So six years in 31 countries, that is like, that is globe trotting for real, for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Londo is an expert um, traveler, an expert expat, I like to call us. So today he's going to tell us a little bit about how to kind of get started, because a lot of people, especially nowadays, I've noticed a big trend of people really kind of stepping out into the world a bit more, maybe because of the climate here in the U.S. or for whatever reason, it, there is definitely a lot more of us traveling. So let us know a little bit about what you think. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I hear often in a lot of groups and a lot of channels. And people ask, like, what does it take for me to get started? Can I mm -hmm. do things around money, things around what to do with your stuff and your mm -hmm. family, all these things? So I, I really want to encourage people that, you know, first and foremost, you can do it. You can absolutely right. do this if you want to. And I think the key, one of the first key components is to give yourself the space and mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. make your way. So you don't have to do it the way other people are doing it. You can take your time getting started. And there are different ways in which to get started, even if you're just in the planning phase. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I started as part of a travel program called Remote Year. And it was a program where I traveled with about 77 people, 12 months, 12 different countries. So I have heard of that. Tell me about that experience. That sounds so cool. So it was very interesting. So this mm -hmm. was in January of 2016. I was in mm -hmm. the second cohort. The first cohort was was actually with the founders of the company. Mm -hmm. And they sort of had this idea that they wanted to travel, but they didn't want to do it alone. So they wanted to travel around the world with a group of friends. And of course, then they recruited more people into the service. And I decided to go in the second group. I just wanted to do um, a year, sort of like a gap year. And then I was going to come back to the city that I was living in where I had a home and I had plans to open up a co-working space. Uh, uh -huh. But things change. <laughs> this is another one of my like you've got your experiences. I just you have to be you just got to go with the flow because you could have a plan and you're like, this is what I want to do. This is my itinerary. And then life happens and like <laughs> it goes out the window. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. So I had a full time job. I had a part-time client and mm -hmm. I had tons of money saved. So when people ask the question, like when I'm getting started, how much money should I have? And do I have to do all these things? And do I need mm -hmm. a job? 
And so I'm like, it depends. It really does depend on your sort of tolerance for change and risk and, Mm -hmm. you know, how quickly you can bounce back if things go sideways. So here's the interesting thing that happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three months into the program, I decided that I didn't want to work my job anymore. So I quit. So I quit my job in in the the end of the third month. At Mm -hmm. the end of the sixth month, I lost the client that I had. had Oh, no, the one client you had? Yeah, the one retainer client. And then at that point, I decided, well, that's okay. It was a bit of a shock. I don't want to go back. So I went, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go back permanently and live. So I Mm -hmm. went back to the States for a week, Mm -hmm. sold uh, one of my cars. I sold like almost all the stuff inside of the house that was big, all the computers that that I wasn't using and washer and dryer and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, and then I had my uncle who met me in Barcelona. I said, I want you to sell my house. So, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So you, you decided, so was this, well, I think you said 2016. So was this remote, was it remote base? A remote year. Remote, remote year. year. So is this remote year? Was that kind of like the springboard for you? Mm-hmm. And you kind Absolutely. of like, that's what happens. Cause when I went abroad, I just went on a vacation and then I was like, I don't think I want to go home. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes you like get that taste of, you know, that different lifestyle and it's just kind of, it's addictive. So did really you start was. in Barcelona after? No, your... we started in South America actually. Okay. So we started, we did four months in South America. So we did Uruguay, Argentina, Bolivia, and Peru. Mm-hmm. And then we did four months in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, we went uh, London, which was a itinerary change, Czech Republic, Serbia, and Croatia. Wow. And then, and then ended in uh, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. That's awesome. So how long were you staying in each spot, more or less? One month. So it's one, one month, month, one month exactly. Location, mm-hmm. yeah, twelve months. I mean, you know, some some weeks were like four weeks here, five weeks here, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much. We originally were supposed to go to Istanbul, but there was some some strife there, and we had to change to go to London. Yes, exactly. And this is another thing you can never really be completely sure of. You have to know what the situation is in the country that you want to visit before you get there, because you don't want to land and just like be in the middle of some ish, you know. Yes. So it's good to know, <laughs> and that your plan changed a little bit. That's perfect. So from my understanding, this remote year, it's that you are already working for whoever you're working with, but you now have the opportunity to travel with a group of people who are also kind of doing remote work. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. So they're not giving you the job. They're just giving you the travel experience. Yeah, they they facilitate. So basically they handle like the logistics. You fly into the first place and Mm -hmm. they pick up the airport. And they handle like the apartments and the co-working space and they have some activities mm-hmm. for you to do. And so it's really just a community. So I could just focus on my work. I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about it. And they had like some side excursions that you could do as well, sort of sort mm-hmm. of like side trips. But we planned a lot of that on our own. And because we were the second group, they hadn't quite worked out all the kinks. <laughs> they hadn't worked out all the kinks yet. No. I hope you got a good discount. <laughs> uh, we actually ended up getting quite a bit of a discount. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, hey, because- sometimes it pays to be the guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that mm-hmm. in month one and two, but right. <laughs> it sort of like it did work itself out. Okay, so what kind of other industries were people working in that kind of lend well to this nomadic lifestyle? So this was one of the 
biggest surprises that came about <laughs> is I expected that I was going to do a year with a bunch of other software developers and designers because I mm -hmm. was like, okay, these are jobs that I already knew that people could do remotely. from kind of anywhere. Right. Then I met uh, uh, some marketers, some project managers, uh, a couple of attorneys uh, were traveling mm -hmm. with us. I met two nurses who were traveling. Travel nurses. Yes. <gasps> so this was like mind blowing. And my first YouTuber. <gasps> wow. She Is that how you got into YouTube? She built her channel over the course of that year. Oh, and I met her, goodness. I think she had 2,000 followers. Right. And now she has hundreds of thousands of followers. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So there's quite a lot of kind of a diverse group of people who were taking part in that program. Okay. That's nice. That's a great first, that's a great first experience. You're actually the first person I met that has done that, that okay. program. So it's, it's so cool to hear good things about it because I've heard about it and I, I just, in my mind, like, Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> okay, great. So giving yourself space and to kind of step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, and, and give yourself the grace of like, you know, don't beat yourself up if you try something and you don't mm -hmm. like it or mm -hmm. it's not a good fit for you. It's mm -hmm. like, don't hold yourself so rigidly to like, well, I said I was going to do X, Y, Z. Now I have to do this continual, continually, even if I don't like it. And it's like, okay. no, 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 no. Give yourself, you know, breathe, take a step back, evaluate. Hey, evaluate. Yeah. If you don't like a country. You no, can no. leave. <laughs> you know? I had, for instance, and this wasn't even a, a situation where I didn't like it because I loved it, but I found another place. I went into the final month, we were in Vietnam, with the mm -hmm. idea that I was just going to stay in Vietnam for another year. So I applied mm -hmm. for a one-year visa. Oh, you even did the visa process. Visa. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it was easy. It was super easy. In fact, mm -hmm. it was, we had to get a visa anyway to enter the country. Mm -hmm. And so they gave an option for like three months. And it was like an extra for like a year. And I was like, ah. I'm going to stay there anyway. Everybody kept telling me, oh, you're going to love Vietnam. You're never going to want to leave. So I immediately did that. Started, I got Duolingo out, started studying Vietnamese. I'm like, this is going to be my home. Right. Then I went back to Thailand. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be. You prefer Thailand? Yes. Okay. Honestly, same. Vietnam, they're both very special. But I think, so, I don't know. I think it was the food in Thailand. I, I Man. Y'all, Thai is my favorite cuisine, and I didn't know until I got there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was like, hmm, I never ate anything bad. Yeah. Um, everything was just delicious, and it's got, like, these flavor combinations that you were tasted or even imagined before, and it was just, just eating was an adventure every single day. That's what I loved about it. What did you love? It's a real Thailand? adventure if you go to the night market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Are you was, an adventurous eater? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the only thing I have this joke is like basically, as long as it doesn't have, a, I don't eat thorax. So like the bulb, like the part of the spider, like the bulbous part, no. But like legs, <laughs> crunchy bugs, all that stuff, I'll eat. Eyes, eyes, all of it, brains. You'll eat yeah, all of it. Right. I mean, in Thailand, it's it was right. You'll, you'll just like. I mean, I, I firmly believe that. Like in Thailand, they can season a shoe, and you'll just like, oh, he's like, wow, this is delicious. <laughs> this leather is uh, spectacular. <laughs> so it is my favorite cuisine. Also, it's like top okay. notch. Second, okay. uh, being here in Mexico. Oh yeah. Okay. Now Mexico will not disappoint. So you weren't feeling Vietnam, even though you'd applied for the visa and everything else. And so you just kind of hop, skipped and jumped over to Thailand. Yeah. I was loving Vietnam, but I just love Thailand. Mm -hmm. more. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just like love. Now, a place that I wasn't feeling was Bali. I spent a month there and after. So we did a, a, a group of us did a month 13. And uh-huh. we just decided to keep traveling a bit. And we went to Bali. And that just was not my scene. No. So, yeah, there are a thing, lot of expats in Bali. I don't know like what you're feeling was about that or if that's why you weren't feeling it but Aussies and uh I have a few Aussie friends and they understood I was just like mm. okay you're like there's too many Australians yeah. <laughs> and a particular so kind close of Australia, to Australia so they do like just vacation in Bali which is kind of funny but yeah totally doable if, if it's your kind of geographic area all right I like that nice so you talked about pivoting before like if something doesn't work uh, don't be afraid to change your course. So you'd mentioned that you were like after three months, you're like, I don't want to do this. And then at six month mark, you're like, oh my God, my only client. So what was your pivot like? Because you're still traveling with this group who are, you know, working and you're just like, what were you doing? Uh, so in our group, we have a title. I became the official president of Team Hangout. the social director yeah my job was to post up at the bar or the cabana or whatever and just give people the signals like okay it starts here at noon everybody come (laughs) whenever you're done working you know that was Mm -hmm. that was it Uh, so I enjoyed that for a while because I really did need the sabbatical Mm -hmm. I needed a break from work I had spent Mm -hmm. a lot of years just doing a lot of work in my field and trying to Mm -hmm. do all these side projects and I just needed a clean break okay it was great for that I, I totally understand. And I think especially after the past year and a half, two years that we've had, a lot of people are really kind of focused on this idea of rest yeah. and, you know, caring for yourself and that work is not the end all be all. So it is important to kind of take that time without feeling guilty. So I'm sure you were an amazing social director for your group. I was okay. Yeah, You're right. okay. We did, right. we did okay. Yeah. It was Just a lot okay. of fun though. It was a great group okay. of people and it was mm-hmm. a wonderful experience, like building community and sharing. Cause I, up until that point, I mainly traveled solo, like backpacking mm-hmm. or just going to a place and making friends when I got there. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing about that, if you travel and you come back home, you know, it's like no one can relate. By the time you get to like the third or fourth picture, you can just see people's eyes. Nobody cares. <laughs> I've been through that. Yeah. I think I did one slideshow and then it was just like, okay, I see the glazed eyes. So, But with a shared experience, mm-hmm. you have a group of people that you can talk about these things and they were there and they were with you and it's just mm-hmm. amazing. And in our group in particular, we still see each other. In fact, I just had drinks last night with my program leader because he's here. I had friends when I was in Playa come down. We were hanging out and visiting. Uh, mm-hmm. We have like a big, we try to do one big reunion every year. Okay. And like a different destination or? Yeah, this one was, this last year was up in the Northeast. Um, and then the year before was Mardi Gras. Well, no, no, two years ago, of course, it wasn't the year before. Right. Uh, two years ago was Mardi Gras. Last year, the plan was Austin, Texas. So <gasps> like, yeah, it was so we 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 definitely stay in touch. We have like a group like every birthday. We sort of everybody does a life update because you know some people have gone back home, gotten settled, mm-hmm. married kids. Some of our group are married to each other. That's where they met. Oh my goodness! And our first baby, I think, was uh, last year. I think the first baby. Okay. Okay. That is so cool. I love it. We're actually going to do um, a panel, a live, the first live show 
uh, about finding love abroad. So I love to hear it. I do. I love love. <laughs> Especially like you said, you you found that community, you kind of understand each other. So it's easy just to kind of, you know, I think find that connection. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Community is super important when you're abroad. Um, my background also is solo travel, which I love. And I hardly ever go to groups because I've not had the best experiences. <laughs> I just want to do my own thing. So um, it's it's nice to hear from another solo traveler that you had a really good group experience. But that dynamic sounds a bit different, you know? Oh, it was very, very mm-hmm. different. And I think one of the things that we had in our favor actually was that things didn't work out well at the beginning, that we had a bunch of problems because we mm-hmm. rallied around that. You bonded, you bonded you over bonded. the trauma. <laughs> trauma yeah. bonding well, yeah, is also exactly. a thing. Because <laughs> I, I honestly believe that if we had like everything going perfectly, people would have just gone off in their own directions doing their right, own thing. Right, right. Like, when no one has hot water and everyone's <laughs> room is terrible, you know, right. you kind of commiserate we, around we each other like oh let's like group hug, group hug. <laughs> we all got sick at the same time oh, no. and like, yeah, just had, like keeping like meds and like fluids like in little uh containers outside of rooms like in the central area so you could just mm-hmm. like okay okay i got it. <laughs> finally got the stomach book so you know, oh my gosh yeah i love that well i mean shared trauma but hey <laughs> it, it it will it will you know bind you for life it oh, seems yeah. like we yeah, got very that's comfortable great. discussing things <laughs> with each other. Check in. Who's still? Yeah, you good? All right. You good? Great, great. All right. I love that. That's great. So give yourself space. And then you also said give yourself grace just mm-hmm. to kind of um, not be so hard on yourself and, and go with the flow. Yeah, the world's hard. I love it. What else? What else? What else? What else? Do you so got for finally, us? Um, I think just being flexible and adaptable because that's the thing. Uh-huh. It's like because things change so much and because mm-hmm. you just can't predict. Like, as you mentioned before, in the past year and a half or two, almost two years, we have seen like just the world just kind of turn upside down and you just have to roll with the punches and adapt. You know, mm-hmm. I spent most of last year in a small studio, a part of hotel in Medellin, Colombia, <gasps> being able to go outside, you know? Yes. Tell us about the lockdown there. Like how was living through kind of the, the height of COVID? How was that in Colombia? So it was really interesting because there was a, at the beginning, you know, when it started, no one really knew like mm-hmm. how serious this was or how serious mm-hmm. to take it. So many people were trying to decide, like, should I just stay and wait this out? Mm-hmm. Um, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, I have some friends and family that are nursing and, and medicine. I was like, I was told like, hey, this is serious. There you are. Seriously. And mm-hmm. so I had, I had a couple of choices. Like there was a, there was about a week or two where you had to, you know, you have to make a decision about evacuating. So mm-hmm. uh, my choices were to come back to the States, which was a huge no for me. Um, <laughs> and then it was to come here to Mexico or to stay in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And that was, I actually bought a ticket to come back here to Mexico City because this was like where I really felt like if I was going to wait out a year. Something. Or whatever. But at the time, did you know it was going to be no. so long? Yeah. Nobody knew. I, just, I, okay. I, just, I had so, already planned to come here anyway. So. <laughs> I thought it was going to be because I was I'm in the states, okay. and I came from Colombia, and I thought I was like, oh, something's happening. The borders closed. I'll just be here for two months. Mm-hmm. That was my, you know, guess that I pulled out of thin air. What was your guess? Do you remember? So I figured it, even if it lasted like. Two months, six months. I uh-huh. figured if I got back to Mexico City, I get okay. on arrival, uh-huh. and I was used to living here. 
Okay. okay. I, I mean, I was used to living in Columbia too. I've been to Medellin. This is like my third time in Medellin, mm-hmm. but I didn't really, my plan originally wasn't to stay there. It was just to come and visit for a month and then take off. Mm-hmm. And so, but flights were getting canceled. My flight yes. got canceled. And I actually never even got a message that the flight was canceled until like a month later. <laughs> like, oh yeah, by the way. I kind but, of figured it out. <laughs> but I didn't trust it. So like this day, like I was like, I, on the day of the flight, some, I was just like, I don't feel like this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sending me the check-in messages. I'm like, mm, I don't trust this. Because I was seeing like the diplomatic flights getting canceled. Yes, they were having like humanitarian effort, like just trying to get people on the flight. And they were filling up like in the blink of an eye. Um, and of all airlines to step in and fill that void was, and to be steady getting people in and out, Spirit Airlines. I heard that. they have a really bad reputation i personally have never flown spirit have you i think they're absolutely amazing they did an really exceptional job now Uh, is that based on the experience of kind of evacuating people or in general even after that so my first experience with spirit was just okay like i've flown flown worse airlines than that like i mean been in europe if you're flown wow airlines or ryanair like right okay hey I did Ryanair once. It was, I don't want to call it ghetto, but it was so ghetto. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I think I flew for like Toyota. It, it's like, it doesn't matter how cheap the ticket is. I will never fly, you know, that airline again. So I, I'm scared to try Spirit. And then all I hear in these travel groups is just like, horror, horror, horror. <laughs> So it's like, mm-mm. I think some of that too is just like the type of traveler. Cause you know, you have some people that just like expect like X, Y, Z and they want like all the things. And I'm like, it's a low cost. It's a airline. budget like, airline. Like, you you have you to have lower than low expectations so that you are surprised when something goes right. But right? the staff, I mean, you can't expect time, it to. <laughs> planes clean. The staff mm-hmm. was great. And I've flown them multiple times back and forth from Columbia to the States or back to Mexico mm-hmm. and every single flight. And then sometimes like last year, the entire airport, everywhere short staff, the Spirit mm-hmm. Airlines staff was doing everything. They were doing check-ins for their flights, but they were mm-hmm. also doing directions for people coming into immigration, helping at baggage claim. They mm-hmm. were really stepping up. And this is way after. That's the- really good to hear. I've never heard anyone give a glowing review of spirits i'm glad that you are so positive look at you just like shining light with all the glowy stuff on it well if you i mean did you check a bag because yet another thing i heard is that you know you would arrive but maybe your your luggage wouldn't no so here's the thing i have never i haven't had a baggage issue since 2002 when i flew iberia airlines to go to um um, the Canaries to visit my mother who was living okay. in Palmas. They, um, my bag didn't make, and I'm flying from Malaga. So I'm like, it's not hey, even like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, tranquilo, tranquilo, tranquilo. It's like, okay. And then they eventually found it and brought it out to the house. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I oh, didn't even good. have to like have a problem like with clothes or not having anything to wear the next day. Okay. Uh, but that that's the only You are extremely lucky. No. Oh, now I had I had a problem with Southwest once, which is like <gasps> Southwest is and my. We love Southwest. Southwest is my spirit airline. Yeah. Southwest is your spirit. The very first time I flew them um, to go out to my job, I worked for a company out of Boulder, Colorado. Mm. I was new to this whole like not getting an assigned seat thing. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'll just turn up and I'll get my seat. 
And uh, no, in fact, I didn't even get on the plane. So they were like, um, we've overbooked, oversold, and we don't have a spot for you. So oh, no. I spent the night just like, we could get you as far as Baltimore. And then, so I literally just stayed up all night in the Baltimore airport waiting for a connecting flight, to, flight. Back to Atlanta or Raleigh-Durham, I'm sorry, Raleigh-Durham mm-hmm. at the time, the next day. So not a big fan. Oh, okay. Well, it just goes to show that you shouldn't paint any one, yeah. you know, airline with a very broad brush, even if Spirit has a horrible rep- uh, reputation. Some people have really good experiences. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know if I'm convinced enough to try uh, Spirit, but your story kind of helps helps a little bit. I, I mean, honestly, like I've had far more pro- problems on the ground. Like I've done several 24, 20 hour plus bus rides between countries or between cities. So mm-hmm. that is a, you know, riding to get to the death road in Bolivia is a scarier prospect than, than like, you know, the airport is easy. It's just mm-hmm. like, eh, go to the lounge, have a drink, relax. All right, relax, get yeah. on your flight. That's done. Okay. I love it. So you are traveling any and every way. Uh, plane, train, donkey, tuk-tuk. Yep. (laughs) Okay, great. So we have to be flexible, go with the flow, give yourself space and grace. And some people think like, like, for example, in the very beginning, you were like, you'd saved up a bunch of money. You had like this plan. And what I find when I'm talking to people who do want to kind of get started and they don't know the how, like, just to do it, they're like, in their mind, they have this kind of checklist. I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have this. What would you say to somebody who is wants to, but is kind of, they don't know where to kind of take that jump or maybe they're overthinking it? What would yeah, you I, I do think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of overthinking. Mm-hmm. And so I suggest to a lot of, a lot of people, I'm like, just make a short trip, like mm-hmm. at least one month somewhere because like it's not vacation do not stay in a resort do not go to an Mm all-inclusive if you have a city in mind you just want to explore go to that city live in it pick a neighborhood do some Mm -hmm. research pick a neighborhood live there for a month and what i find is after a couple of weeks the novelty wears off and you start to get into your routine yeah you want to understand what your daily routine is going to be this is like, where's your market? Where's your florist? Where are you going to get your supplies? Like you find out like, hey, can I get hair products? Can I get the kind of food that I like? Um, you know, is there a barber or beauty, beauty salons? Like, can I get my uh, manis and pedis? And, and yeah, you get <laughs> and pedis, like, massages, all of these things. Um, and you learn the landscape. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever had to get like a service installed like internet or <gasps> all of these kinds of things that is when them. the shine wears off <laughs> when you're trying to get something done that is when the shine wears off you're like and when you don't speak the language like i had to real, internet install in thailand and these two guys could not figure something out and i'm just like i can't even I help. Can't help you <laughs> i don't know what you're saying i don't know what yep. you're doing i don't know i don't know i don't know <laughs> I like so, that. Take a yeah. month, get to know the place, get into your routine and see um, if it's a good fit for you. That's a great, great advice. Great advice. So are you going to stay in Mexico for the moment or what are your, what are your plans? Nah, I'm in the Coco Nomad. Nomad's got a nomad. I'm, okay. Uh, I am a slow mad now though. So I have changed to where I typically will spend two to three months in a city. 
Okay. Um, especially if it's somewhere where I already have friends and I have friends mm-hmm. here. So I like have these communities. So like Playa del Carmen, I go to and revisit. Colombia, I go back and revisit. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to going back to Lisbon. So right now, but I'm doing this thing where I'm exploring co-living places because a lot of people really want to kind of kickstart community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've made some friends and met some people who either already have co-living spaces, like my friend Anna in, in um, the Canaries. So she has a place there. But then uh, I have a friend that's starting one in Italy, in Tuscany. So mm. I'm going to go check that one out once it's ready. And then probably in December, I'll be back in Guatemala to try another one that's that's just getting started. Okay. And then there's one in Belize. And there's, so I'm on this. COVID there's, OK, OK, you, you're, you're 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 nomading. You're nomading. You're nomading. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, can you explain a little bit about the concept of co-living? Like what is the um, the mission behind that? What's the idea behind that? So the basic idea is like so a lot of times we're looking for community. Or traveling, mm-hmm. right? And you just kind of want to plop down into a place and it's like, how do I make friends? How do I meet like-minded people who share the same mm-hmm. values and things like this? So now there are co-living communities that are st- that are popping up that are allowing you to live in a shared home, shared living space, maybe a private room, of course, if that's what you're looking for. But they're sort of built around uh, some value system, you know, mm-hmm. maybe healthy living, maybe doing some, some types of um, community service. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe business minded. Sometimes people are really kind of like really into like sort of uh, this new decentralized finance or crypto Mm -hmm. or something like that, or just learning skills. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much about just traveling around and hopping as, as it is about sort of going into a community and feeling at home and feeling connected with a group of people. Okay. So it's kind of like a personalized, I want to say like hostile 3.0, right? It's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and so, have you done the co-living before, or this is going to be your first time trying it out as you're traveling yeah. to your next spots? Well, this is new. So my friend Anna, we actually met on remote year in Cambodia in 20, mm-hmm. 2016. And she's had this co-living space for years. And I've been promising like, oh, I'm going to come and check come, it out. And, you know, the couple of years, the last two years have been, you know, made it, made it difficult. So <laughs> A little, a little. Finally, it's like, all right, here it is. I'm going to go and uh, I have a few places to explore, a couple of places in the Middle East. So I'm just kind of popping around and, uh, you know, getting getting to some places that I meant to get to before. But combining that because on like I, I want I have the YouTube channel on the podcast and I like to share these mm-hmm. experiences so that people can sort of not just the travel. I'm not a like the YouTube like, hey, guys, kind of person on. <laughs> I, I don't really do that. And um, I talk more about like making it work, making a living and making a life. Like what are the mm-hmm. things that you need to do? Even getting to the nitty gritty of work. Like I talk a lot about remote work and like mm-hmm. making, being successful at it. So mm-hmm. to me, it's important because it's one thing to get out here, mm-hmm. quite another thing to stay out here. To stay, exactly. You have to have um, a plan, you know, even if plans don't always work, but anyway, you need to have a direction of how you're going to support yourself um, because nobody wants to be broke and broke abroad. <laughs> that is what no you don't problem. want. <laughs> And you know, because I think we're kind of out of this age. Like when I first started, I really saw a lot about sort of like, hey, you can live in Thailand for like a hundred dollars or something. Right, like, you know, right. And there are new people in it. It's like, no, 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 they're not even about that life. It's like mm-hmm. I want to. I don't want to sleep in like you know on a cot in the room with like <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, and I know some people with twenty other people. I people in Thailand <laughs> doing that, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm. everybody's not on that train and you really want to have a better experience in living your life to the fullest 
And so I see a lot more of that now. I see a lot of people stepping out of that, trying to leave maybe toxic environments like maybe their home country of the U.S. or something mm-hmm. <laughs> where mm-hmm. they really want to say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah i'm just like you want to have like a better life you deserve better you know you deserve Mm -hmm. to be happy you deserve this is important a lot of people uh, i mean i hate to say it but when you become conditioned um to not question what is presented or given or what you're allowed to do and you just kind of accept it and you don't question it Um, and I just, sometimes I just want to shake people because I'm from Texas and (sighs) (laughs) I just, I don't, I feel like I don't even have to say anything else. You know, I'm from Texas. And sometimes I just want to like, you know, that scene, uh, the last, the closing scene of, uh, school days when Lawrence Fishburne and the uh, the, the other character, he's like, wake up. I feel that in myself. I just kind of want to scream to people, wake up. There's so much more to see. It's just one of those things where we think like, oh, you Mm -hmm. know, you're raised to think it's the best place in the world. And it's just like, yeah, but you haven't been anywhere else. The only people that think that are people who've never left. And then they're like, it's because we are taught. We're literally taught from birth to like, you know, the American flag, Pledge of Allegiance, America, the greatest. And it's like, what about this, that and the other? Um, but it's, it's, that's another reason that I'm such a, a big advocate for travel, especially for, for black people is because you, you want to see what's out there and what's possible. And like you said, what's available to you. And it, there's so much more. So, so, so I'll much. tell you this one little story that happened the other day. Tell us a story. So I love this neighborhood. I live in San Miguel Chapultepec. And I'm ah, park. Chapultepec. Yeah, beautiful so park. Beautiful yeah, park. Yeah, the largest yeah. central park. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, hey, okay. If you've not been to Mexico City, it's like, the for me anyway, it's like the greenest big city I've ever been in. Yes. yes. Gorgeous. Which is why beautiful. I love it. Why beautiful. So I'm walking to Condesa <laughs> to like some of my favorite coffee shops and stuff. And I've got my ear pods in, AirPods, and I have them like, you know, half turned up so I can still hear like cars and everything. Right. And I'm walking across the street and I hear, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, what? It's like, I'm thinking somebody knows me because I do know people. Then I turn around, it's a police car. And there's a policeman sitting in the car. And he goes, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, Hello. Hola. I was like, hey. Like, didn't have that experience before. It was like, oh. Oh, he just wanted to say hi. He just wanted to say hi. Oh, that is so sweet. I, when I was in Mexico, I think not a day went by that I wasn't stopped by the police and not to say hi. It wasn't like a friendly visit. (laughs) And I was just like, what on earth is going on in Mexico City? They were like searching and just, I was just like, okay, look for, do you have drugs? Do you have guns? Do you have weapons? I'm like, no. Do you speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak Spanish. Okay. So like, yeah. it was really odd. It It's never happened to me so consistently. Okay. And then, I was, you know, explaining to my friends and of course they're like, are you? It's like, yeah, everywhere I go, the police are just like, eh, stop. <laughs> like, can I live I've my life? This. Can I live my Mexican life? <laughs> I've heard this happening in both Playa and in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. With people, And it's just like, mm-hmm. I just haven't had that experience, but I know some people who, who it has happened to, 
you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've got a brother, buddy here who lives here. He's like six foot two. And it's because I, I I thought is it because I'm so tall? Like yeah. I obviously I'm six foot one and a three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> I like to claim six foot two, and I was once upon a time. You know, with age, you just start shrinking. So I'm probably like six foot one and a half. Whatever. My license still says six two. <laughs> So it could have been like, okay, it's because I'm, you know, morena. It's because I'm alta. Like, what is it? Who knows? It's just like, I don't know. There's like a beacon on my forehead that's like, police, stop and search me. Yeah. It's one of those things, too. It's just like, you know, the first time I had an experience like that, that thought something was going to happen was in Argentina. I was in Buenos Aires. And like, Mm -hmm. the same thing, though. They were just like, good morning. Like, what are you staring at me for? Like, go finish your run or whatever, you know. So I have had overwhelmingly positive experiences with police mm-hmm. around the world and even my my last trip the last time i drove in the u.s i didn't and that's why i don't drive here anymore so i'm kind of like done with uh, that's the other thing no matter how inconvenient um being randomly stopped on the street or it happened once in the subway another time in the market and i was only in mexico city for two weeks oh. so this was like consistent like a eh, stop <laughs> like yeah <laughs> Um, I never feared for my life because yeah. in the U.S., yeah. it is shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. They're not trying to talk to you. They're just going to, you know, shoot you dead in the street. So no you matter how, what kind of run-ins with, you know, foreign police I've ever had, it was never like me fearing for my life. It was more of an inconvenience. Yeah, and they want the... And they, want they yeah, a lot of times they want a bribe. So... Just, you know, have your little bribe money ready. Do not take your full wallet because then they're going to be like, oh, is that it? Let's go to the ATM. <laughs> like, no, no, <laughs> this is all I have. You just, you know, you pay them and I do have a tip about that too, by the way, to help people. Mm. So I have a card um, with, and I have a video on my channel linked to, but it's um, the WISE transfer. It used to be called Transfer Wise, And I <gasps> used to use it to pay internationally, mm-hmm. but I only keep so much money. And this is the only card that I walk out of the door with. So it's limited. And then even on the card, you can have jars. So I actually have like backup money in the jar so that even if the card gets taken, there's a minimal amount of touch, but it can't get to the jars. Mm. And so the jars are like the backup money. And that also is a really good tip. Spending for the month, like and like once I get down, I'm like, hey, I set up, I can set a budget. I spit my jar. Okay, so. that's good for budgeting too. Those are great tips. Okay, so uh, transfer wise, go out with a card with a limit, um, and it's not like to scare anybody because a lot of people they'll when they're going to visit someplace, we're like, is it safe? Or how yeah. safe is it? Or what neighborhood should I live in? Or is it, you know, and it's just like anything can happen anywhere. And you just, you really just, you have to be prepared. So know what the common, I guess, tricks are. Yeah. I've seen a lot of like the mustard squirting trick going on right now in Mexico. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, like almost every day I'm seeing a post in a group about, I got got. Yeah. <laughs> but I, thanks to this group, I knew what was happening. Yeah. Can you explain what what is that? What is a mustard trick? So basically it's like, usually it's like two people working together. And so like Mm -hmm. one person will like walk up to you and act like they spilled something on you, like squirting mustard on you. And then the other person is going to try to like grab your purse, grab your wallet, grab something off of your person. And um, it's ironically, I was surprised to hear it come back because it's something that happens in Asia too. It's like, it's a big thing. And in in Europe. 
Yeah. And so it's just like all these different places where, you know, it's just uh, so you just want to make sure like someone accidentally spills you to keep your distance. I'm like really big on like, so I practice Muay Thai. So I'm going to foot jab people like really, really quickly. Like when Mm -hmm. that stuff happens, because that's just a move to keep distance and like, Mm -hmm. hey, back up. Because I don't need you to clean anything off of me. I'm not interested. Like, you can apologize from five feet away. From far away. (laughs) And then just keep it moving. Right. But you know what's coming. And so, like, you know, it's the same Columbia, you know, this, but fire, like, you know, you walk out with like, you know, like I don't typically have my watch. Don't don't go blingy in the streets. Yeah. I'm hearing that happening a lot in many years right now. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. So but you have to be careful. I mean, the same sort of street smarts that you would have if you were living in the States. Like people tell me to be safe. I'm like, I'm from Atlanta. What are you talking about? We can't even go to Linux Mall. You know, like, mm-hmm. so I have the same sort of like, I keep keep my head on the swivel. I'm always walking. In fact, I was walking down Infrahentes one day and I actually saw two guys like casing like people mm-hmm. for, for pickpocketing in, in like a mm-hmm. robbery. Cause I'm like, I catch the, I watch him like, dude, you're just standing there. And I see your other guy over here and I'm mm-hmm. looking, so I just make eye contact with him. And like, just like, I know what you're doing. Right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I know what's up. And then he's just kind of like, all right, I gotta, you know, try to act like he's doing something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just have to keep, you know, keep your wits about you, pay attention. You can't stare at your phone and looking around. Do not do that. Do not do that. Right. And if you are lost, don't let anybody know that you are lost. Like a shop, like no, go your Google map, go yeah. to a little cafe, find yeah. your bearings, but do not be in the streets looking like a tourist. No. Don't do that. Snatch and grabs. Like for instance, I know it's a really bad in, in, in Cambodia. It's like, mm-hmm. if even if you take your phone out, like the people ride up on scooters and pair and they'll snatch. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you were always told like, turn your body into like the building. If you're on the side, like a building side so that you're defending the, the phone or your chain or whatever but mm-hmm. even still just like sometimes it's just better not to have a lot of that stuff on you like i carry two phones this is like my carry phone and right. this is like my like cheapo like if it gets stolen because mm-hmm. i had it happen in paris like if it gets robbed it just gets robbed it's like me i say it's like um an offering to the travel gods whenever i lose or get robbed <laughs> i'm just like that is an offering to the travel gods it and then you let it go yeah you let it go it's just stuff. And if it ever does come down to it, because I, I heard an unfortunate story, I think it was earlier this year or last year, that um, an American um, man um, was killed in the street because he tried to fight back when somebody tried to rob him for like, I don't know if it was jewelry or a phone or whatever. But at the end of the day, your life is always more important than whatever material thing somebody is trying to take from you. So if they, you don't know if somebody has a knife or a gun. So if you are confronted, like, give me all you got. Yeah. Give it to them yeah. and get travel insurance. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Insure yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Alondo, do you have any like parting words for the audience? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just you can do it. Like, I mean, you absolutely yeah. can do it. Like, you know, just like a little bit of planning and just stepping out and just doing mm-hmm. it and not being afraid to make mistakes. That's all. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Love it. So you mentioned that you uh, have a YouTube, you're a podcaster. Where can the folks find you on the socials? I am the Coco Nomad, C-O-C-O-A mm-hmm. on all the things. On all the things. Perfect. So I'm going to link him, his socials on the uh um, show notes so you'll have no problem at all finding the coco nomad uh, so i want to thank you for your time uh, i'm sure the audience uh, really got a lot of, out of this episode and i appreciate it as well so thank you one more time for being a guest on the kiwi travels podcast absolute pleasure thank you for having me on perfect and for the rest of you remember 
Enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Kimmy Travels podcast. We have a listener survey available on the site right now. So if you love me, let me know. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, okay, you can also let me know. As always, you can catch the podcast on all the platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and rate. Uh, Five stars is best. (laughs) All right, everybody. Until the next time, remember, enjoy the journey.